Hello and welcome back to the second episode of Cultured Kids, the Not podcast really episode. for kids and pop culture. Why isn't it an episode? Because they can't see us. Usually episodes are when you can see people, so it's more entertaining. Oh, that is absolutely inaccurate, but thanks for Good. sharing. Well, that's what I think. So last time we talked quite a bit about movies, and I left everybody with a question to think about that could be beyond movies, but the question was to think of a piece of pop culture or art that had to do with what we're all going through right now with the coronavirus, so something where a character was isolated or stuck by themselves, or where they were trying to avoid something. So these guys each gave an answer last time, but they've thought a little more about it, so I'm going to let them each share their new answers. And hopefully you all at home had a chance to talk to maybe some friends online or talk to family at your house, and you have some answers in mind too. So Taylor, what was your new answer that you came up with? My new answer was actually a book. It's called My Side of the Mountain by Jean Craighead George. It's a very good book. It's about a kid not wanting to live in his apartment with his whole family because he doesn't like the way people treat him, and he just wants to get away. Okay, so what does he do? He survives off of, he hunts his own food, he makes his clothes with deer skin hides and bunny skin, and in the winters he stays in his tree, which he burned out with a torch or fire, and then he chopped off all the black wood on the inside of it and made a bed, a chimney, fireplace. Wow. And where is this all located? This is all located in the... Is it on the side of something? The side of the mountain? Is that where he goes to live? No. No? Oh, it's okay. just in the Catskill Mountains. Oh, okay. Okay, so he isolates himself because he wants to try and live independently. Mm-hmm. And it's a good look. You recommend. Mm-hmm. All right. My side of the mountain. Kenzie, what was your answer? Okay, so I... Rogue One is a Star Wars movie, and in the beginning they have this character called Jin Urso, and her family is hiding out from the Empire or the First Order or... I forget what they're calling it in that movie. But they basically isolate themselves from other people because they can't have contact with someone or they could be compromised or the people they're contacting could be compromised and in danger. Right. Yeah, that's a great movie. If you like Star Wars movies, that is one of our favorites. And we were able to talk to a couple of our friends online and they even came up with a couple examples answers the question. One of them, our buddy Molly Taylor, do you remember what her example was of a character being isolated? Nope. <laughs> it was Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Cabin Fever. So there's one more example for you. So hopefully you guys had good answers at oh. home to the question as well. That's it for last week's question. And I like that so many of our answers this week were about books, because guess what? That is our topic for this week. We are going to talk about books as an area of pop culture. Last week we gave you a whole bunch of movie recommendations, but we've also been a lot, spending a lot of time in our house reading to eat up some of the time while we're stuck inside. We're in Michigan, it's starting to get a little bit warmer out, but there's still a lot of indoor time, so we've been reading a whole ton. So today we wanna to talk about books as a piece of pop culture uh, and the way we think about them, and then same as last time, we're gonna to try to leave you with some recommendations that maybe you can seek out, and then we'll leave you with a question just like last time that you can talk to somebody about, uh, and we'll share our answers next time. So let's start with something really easy when it comes to books. Why do you guys like to read? What do you like about reading, Taylor? Pictures. Pictures? You like picture books? Yes. Okay. Especially the ones that have a lot of details and are really pretty. Or cartoony. Good. I like all types. So when you talk about a picture book, like who who creates the pictures in a book? 
What's the that illustrator. Person? Right, the illustrator. So when we talk about picture books, there's at least two people, right, creating that piece of pop culture. Yes. An illustrator, and what's the name of the person who writes the words? Author. The author, right? So you like picture books that have really talented illustrators. Yes. Okay. Kenzie, how about you? What do you like about reading? Um, I like seeing some pictures, but I also like picturing the characters and the places for myself, you which know. is why I like fantasy, because then I can just picture a whole world as I want it. Yeah, which I think is one of the big differences between reading and some other types of pop culture like TV and movies, which is when you're reading, you do a lot more uh, picturing things on your own and having images and ideas in your head instead of seeing them in front of you. So, Taylor, what would, what would we call that when we're reading? Using what? Imagination. Your imagination, right. <clears throat> which is kind of one of the neat things about reading. What were you going to say about it? I was going to say it louder. Oh, that's okay. I was whispering you said it loud enough. That's okay. The other thing I like about reading and I always have is that really good writers, besides the pictures being interesting, when you get into chapter books especially, I like that writers have really clever ways of saying things, that language can be really interesting, it can be really beautiful, it can be really, really powerful. So, do you guys know anything about how reading makes your brain work differently than other forms of pop culture? Learn new words. You learn new words, right? It builds your vocabulary. So you can... Oh, um, you could print the, like, or, or, um, the illustrations of a book and you can try to trace it and then learn how to draw new things with it. You could, yeah, you can try to imit imitating your favorite illustrator is actually a really good idea. Tracing sometimes helps, but even trying to draw them freehand is a good idea, yeah. But I like what you said about vocabulary. Reading helps your brain to build a bigger vocabulary, which means you understand more words and you can use big words. What's that character's name in Little Rascals? I actually have a very extensive vocabulary. Do you remember who I'm talking about? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Ah, I can't. His name is Aha, uh -huh, uh -huh. right? Because all he ever says is Aha uh -huh until the end of the movie. But then it turns out he has a very extensive vocabulary because he reads a lot. Probably. I, for one, love yes, to use and... my vocabulary against my friends. That's right. There's always yes. That she also likes to. Correct, people. <laughs> well, we don't want to do that. But it is good to have a powerful vocabulary because it means you can speak more accurately and more effectively, and you also understand complicated things when you read them. So reading is one of those skills that builds up all sorts of good things in your brain, right? So there's lots of good reasons to read besides using your imagination and reading for pleasure and reading to enjoy the pictures and practicing drawing, and then you can, you can also imitate an author, right? You can try to write the way that they write. Um, but reading just has all kinds of value besides the entertainment for it. So, lots of good reasons to read, lots of good books out there to read. Uh, which brings us, I guess, to our segment of the day where we give you guys some things to look out for for next time. So, uh, we're hoping that we have a diverse audience, by which I mean, at least this time, by which I mean... Um, we have people of various ages who are listening to us. So we're going to try to recommend something that would be good for you no matter what age you are, um, that there will be something recommended for you. So we're going to each recommend one picture book and one chapter book, and then you can try to find them uh, if your parents want to buy them for you or if your library is open. Ours isn't open right now. But whenever you can get to them, uh, you can try to track these down and check them out for yourselves because they're books that we have found to be favorites that we've enjoyed over and over again. So... Who wants to go first? Taylor, are you ready? Wait, what? To share your book. <laughs> she was already reading her book. I said, you want to share your book. Why don't you share your picture book first? My, What's your picture book? My picture book is Milk and Cookies, a Frank Ash Bear story. Right. Well, give us a quick version of what it's about. Do you remember? Um, a little bear and his parents, which are all bears, go to their grandparents' house 
and the baby bear looks into the cellar door and he sees grandpa feeding wood to a dragon but and then he don't give it away so is he excited about that or scared or how does he feel about it he's scared but he lies to his grandpa about how he feels yeah it freaks him out but he pretends not to be scared but he really is so you'll have to read the book to figure out why it's called milk and cookies so it's by frank ash can you still get these in stores oh yeah yeah they're still around so frank ash is one of those favorite authors and illustrators who's been around for a long, long time. Your parents might have tracked that one down a little bit, but it's one of our favorites. All right, Kenzie, what's your picture book? Okay, so my picture book also kind of ties in with with our question at the beginning. It is A Bad Case of Stripes by David Shannon. And basically, this girl called Camilla wakes up one morning, and she has stripes all over her body, and it's her first day of school. And she talks about how she's self-conscious, and so when she goes to school, everyone's staring at her, and she doesn't like that. No one knows what's going on or why she's sick till the end. Till the end. So she also gets quarantined, right? Yeah, so she's stuck in her house because she has something weird giving her stripes. Okay, so those are both picture books. And I have a picture book, too, that's one of my favorites. I've read it to these two a million times. It's called I'd Really Like to Eat a Child by Sylvian Dadio and illustrated by Dorothy DeMonfried. And you can tell that I'm a teacher in real life because I just held the book up to the microphone as if it were a classroom. So you guys couldn't see that, but I'm just right in teacher mode here. So it's called I'd Really Like to Eat a Child. It's not as evil as it sounds. It's about a little crocodile who wakes up one morning and instead of eating the bananas that his parents usually feed him, he decides he wants to eat a child and he marches out to see if he can do it. And the results are very, very funny. We've literally laughed out loud when we read this book. Um, and it's been a favorite in our family since they were both really little. So those are all great picture books uh, if you're looking for something like that to seek out. And like I said, they're all favorites of mine too. Even adults like picture books. So even if you're an older kid and you say, eh, I'm past picture books, going back to them just for fun, like Taylor said, to look at fun illustrations and clever words, uh, you're never too old for that really. Okay, and then I think you guys each have a chapter book as well, right? So Mackenzie, why don't you go first for chapter books? All right, so I would like to recommend the Mysterious Benedict Society by Trenton Lee Stewart. And it is basically about these four kids who go through a series of tests and only the most intelligent and resourceful kids are able to get through. And basically they're recruited into this society to go on a mission and stop someone. Mm-hmm. And it's part of a series, right? There's a bunch of them, no? There's two. two. Okay. Two or three. Two it's or not three. a big series, but it's a right. good series. But we could do a whole episode later about book series are kind of the best kinds of books ever because once you get to like a character or a world or a group of characters or a society, it's nice to be able to go back and revisit them and spend more time with them again and again. I'm actually reading a series of grown-up books about that. Taylor and I both like the Elephant and Piggy books because it's a series where we can go back and have fun with those funny characters time and again. So series is maybe its own episode, but if you find a good book and the author writes a whole bunch of them with the same characters, that's always extra fun. All right, Taylor, what's your chapter book? My chapter book was Where the Mountain Meets the Moon by Grace Lynn. It has um, every chapter there is one illustration and it has a lot of details. Okay, what's it about? Give us a non-spoilery synopsis. It is about a little girl, and she lives on a mountain. It's Mm -hmm. called Fruitless Mountain, so they have to work really hard to get food. Does she live on the side of the mountain? No. Oh, goodness. Just joking. And so 
she goes looking on a hill for someone who can grant her one wish, not a genie. Not a a non genie wish giver? Yes. <laughs> okay. And she does get her one wish. Okay. You're not spoiling things, are you? No. Okay. But yeah, her family is really poor, and she's the only one in the family with a little tiny bit of money. She has two coins. Okay. And she spends it on a goldfish who helps her. Interesting. I like it already. And what was the name of that one again? Where the Mountain Meets the Moon by Graceland. All right, so we wanted to try something new this week. So at this point, the girls are going to talk to each other for a few minutes about some questions and thoughts that they had about books. So I'm going to get out of the way uh, and let them talk for a bit on their own. And then I will be back at the end to wrap things up with them. Take it away, girls. Hello, Kenzie. I have a question for you. What is your favorite thing about reading? My favorite thing about reading is probably when you're in that point in the middle of the book and it's the most exciting and all the drama comes in like that point in the superhero movies when all the cool music comes in the background and I just really like, I don't know, going to a different world that someone created with their words. What's your favorite part? My favorite part is probably, I agree with you actually, but if it is something like a picture book, I like when it is funny or entertaining to read to like toddlers or babies or my age because I love picture books. Now, do you have a question for anybody? My question for Taylor is, what makes you like a book? What do you um, like in a book? Um, I like if there's a lot, lot of details. So I can picture everything in my imagination. All right. So what I like in a book is, like I said earlier, (laughs) I like it when there's a lot of action and drama in a book. And I also like it when, I also like it in books when the author takes time to just really focus in with details like Harry Potter. My favorite, some of my favorite moments were when J.K. Rowling took the time to describe Hogwarts and magic and everything that there was to her world. Okay then, while we're here, I thought I would take a minute to explain our dog's name. So our dog's name is Luna Ray. A beautiful name. Yes, Taylor, thank you for that input. So anyway, our dog's first name is named after the book character from Harry Potter, Luna Lufkin. We love how quirky she is. She's not afraid to be weird. My mom always says this thing, embrace your weird. And Luna really just does that. Mom doesn't say that. Taylor, would you like to explain our dog's second name? Um, oh, our dog's middle name slash second name is Ray. She is a Star Wars character. She is actually my favorite Star Wars character. Mm-hmm. All right. You like mountains. So there you go. You got a whole bunch of reading for next time. And we will be back at you with another episode later with a new topic. Um, But we're going to end today the same way that we did last time. I'm going to give you guys a new question, and you might guess this one is going to be about books. So our question of the pod this time for you guys to talk about with family or friends or whoever you have access to, or you could even just write about it. Writing in a notebook sometimes is a way to talk to yourself and think through things. So here's our question for the day. What's a character from a book that you've read who reminds you of you, who reminds you of yourself? And then the the follow-up question is, 
what did you have in common with that character? Why do you see yourself in that character? Because this is something pop culture does. Pop culture does a lot too. We call this identifying with a character when they do something or they feel something or they have some trait that you say, hey, that's kind of like me. So I'm going to give these two a second to think about it and they'll give us a quick answer and then next time we'll have more thought out answers and hopefully you guys have some answers too. Either of you ready? No. Well, I no. have one. All right, Kenzie, go ahead. I always liked Hermione Granger because okay. we're both bookworms and, and they're both really sassy. Yes. Fair. Thank you. <laughs> and she's always in the books described as she's the first one who has her hand up in class to answer the questions. I also like to do that when I feel like it. Yeah, that's good. I agree with that. It's a good assessment. Taylor, you got any? Yes. Okay. Sort of. That's okay. It doesn't have to be perfect. If it's a perfect match. No, it would. There's never a perfect match. That's we just try to see bits of our ourselves in characters in pop culture. It's never perfect. There's lots of things about Hermione Granger that aren't like Mackenzie. Oh, George and Fred the Weasley twins. That's who you're talking about. Yeah. How come? They're both really reckless and funny. (laughs) You are reckless and funny. Yeah. Good so far. You're, you're not a twin, though, so they're a well, little bit yes, different. They also went somewhere with that. They made their living pranks. Mm. Do you plan to do that? She would if she could, I think. If we have more shaving cream. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't know what that means. I think that's a good note to end on. So, for everybody else out there, your homework or your thing to think about for next time is who is a character in a book that you've read who reminds you of yourself? Wait. And what is it about them that reminds you of you? Did you just say homework? Yeah, it's not really homework. It's just something to think about. No one wants homework right no, now. Yes. And then you can try to track down all those books or find a book of your own and read it with somebody for next time. And we will see you soon. Bye, everybody. Bye. All right. So that's it for episode two, except parents, if you want to hang on for a second and listen to this last bit, Uh, I have some thoughts for you about what the purpose of our podcast is, uh, more from an educator's perspective, um, and in terms of how you can use it to kind of help have better conversations with your kids. So as a high school teacher and someone who's married um, to an elementary school teacher, what we see a lot of in schools right now is um, kids who lack a context of the world when they come to school, and that goes for elementary kids, but really even a lot of kids when they get to high school, they're really lagging behind their peers in terms of context, meaning how do they understand the world? How much do they think about the world? How curious are they about the world? Uh, and, and I've always thought that pop culture is a great way to access that sort of knowledge for kids, young kids, older kids, it doesn't really matter. Pop culture is where they get exposed to so many things, but They need somebody to talk to them about it, to guide them through it, to understand why things matter. And I'm talking about everything from when politics or serious themes get brought up in movies. It doesn't matter if it's a fantasy like you hear Mackenzie talking about uh, Harry Potter a lot and Taylor likes fairy tale books. When you have a chance to have conversations about real world elements in any kind of pop culture, we want you to take advantage of those chances with your kids. And so every week when I ask these questions at the end, uh, what I'm really trying to give you the chance to do is to prompt conversations with your own children about pop culture and about broader context. So by the time they get to elementary school, and then all the way through their uh, high their high school career, even uh, their kids who are contextually curious about the world. So uh, we hope this podcast helps with that, and we hope that it generates some great conversations between you and your kids. We'll see you next week.